Welcome to the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green, a certified financial planner who specializes in helping fitness entrepreneurs and millennials grow their net worth. The goal is to bring you conversations with successful individuals in the fitness industry on how they navigated their journey to success. Justin Green is the founder and financial planner at AssistFP, a financial planning firm. All opinions expressed in this show are solely those of Justin and not reflective of AssistFP. This podcast should not be considered advice. It is solely for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor, tax, legal, and any other advisor you have before making any decisions regarding your financial plan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks again for tuning in to the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green. I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today, Kendall Strample. Kendall is a fitness and business coach owning multiple companies, including Fierce to Fit Coaching, Elevate Coaching Academy, The Revitalized Community, and Assistable. How are you doing today, Ken? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for uh, having me on here. No, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Uh, you've you know launched a lot of different companies and I'm excited to dive in learn a little bit more about your backstory and how some of these companies came to be. Uh, but first, let everyone know where you're calling in from today. Yeah, sure. So um, I am in sunny San Diego. So it's November here, but we still luckily get the sunshine. So out in San Diego, California. Yeah, I've heard it's a beautiful area and I know there's a lot of fitness coaches out there. Um, and then the other question, so what'd you hit at the gym today? Ooh, good cue. Um, I hit legs today actually. Nice. Very cool. (laughs) Cool. I want to dive into the businesses. So which one did you start first? Yeah. So I feel like everything that kind of happened with my businesses was just more of like a domino effect. Um, and it was totally like not anything I had planned. So I first started off um, when I was like 15, kind of like small backstory, but I started off when I was 15 in in school running um, track and I was always like super into sports and things like that. Unfortunately, I kind of, you know, swung the pendulum too far one way, developed an eating disorder. um, And that was honestly a huge catalyst for just everything that happened in my life. And um, as resilient as that made me, you know, it also instilled, I think a lot of just like different habits, almost like even work ethics um, for me. And a lot of it came from like perfectionistic tendencies, different things like that. Um, and you know, I was really fortunate to have a great support system that helped me with recovery. And when I was going into school, going into college, I was like, okay, I know that I want to take a path that is, you know, inclusive with health and fitness. And I just didn't want anyone to go through what I had gone through when I was younger. And so I went to school for dietetics, or at least I started school for dietetics. Um, and then I actually went to a local community college because my parents just weren't comfortable with me going away from, you know, everything I had gone through with my eating disorder. So I was in like the honors program. They put me in the liberal arts tract for a dietetics degree. And I was like, okay. I think I need more STEM and sciences. So going to my second semester, I walked into my advisor's office. I was like, hey, like I'm pretty sure I need to take organic chemistry next year after doing some research. Like I haven't even taken chemistry yet. And she's like, oh yeah, you're right. Like we should probably switch you over to chem this semester. And I knew it was just going to be like, I had to take summer classes to catch up. It was just a lot. And so I was like, okay, 
I'm going to switch to a kinesiology degree. I switched and I did a lot of research and I was like, okay, I really can't do much with this besides become a personal trainer. Cause I didn't want to take more of like the clinical route. And I was like, I'm just going to see what I can do, uh, without getting a college degree for where I'm at in my life. And I was just like super, I think back to 18 year old Ken and I'm like, how did you do that girl? But, um, I ended up getting an in-person, uh, training job. And then slowly um, started posting on social media, sharing my journey. And I actually had a lot of girls ask me um, if I could train them online. And I was like, but I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, and so I kind of almost like accidentally fell into the world of coaching. And that was back in like late 2016 into early 2017. So it was actually like almost like five years ago now. Um, so yeah, that's how I started off my fitness business. Things kind of catapulted from there. Um, business coaching rolled around when a lot of people started asking me about, um, you know, how did I start my fitness business after several years of scaling it? Um, and then that kind of brought around the other two businesses revitalized, um, as I brought in my registered dietitians to help. And then I'm sure we'll get to it at some point too, but assistable came when my business coaching clients were in demand for virtual administrative assistance. So kind of a domino effect that, that led into everything for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a feeling you were going to kind of go that route because I could tell by the way the companies, um, the type of companies that it was like you started the fitness business and then a need came for coaching other coaches and then the need came for uh, virtual uh, assistance for those coaches. And then now knowing your story, I can see how the revitalized community would tie back to your original kind of, you know, your original purpose. So I want to stay on the uh, fitness, the first fitness business, the coaching, and talk about that a little bit more. So how long were you just doing that? So I started, like I said, back in probably like 2016, 2017, I was in person for a little bit. And then um, I still have a few girls who trickle my roster because I have such a passion for coaching and such a love for fitness coaching that I don't know that I could ever like a hundred percent give it up or at least for like the next few years. So I have like three to five girls I keep on my roster. They're usually coaches, but I've been doing it for five years now. So, um, so yeah, I started about five years ago and I was full, I kind of fully gave it up. I don't say fully gave it up, but I almost like pretty much removed myself and scaled the business fully back in 2020 when COVID hit. Um, because there was such a high demand for personal trainers to be transitioning online. So I was like, okay, if I don't scale my fitness business and outsource, like I'm going to drown. Like there's no way I can do both. So, um, I kind of dwindled my roster down, um, early 2020. I'd say like February was the last time I took on like my last client. Everyone I have now just kind of straggled along from then. So. Gotcha. So probably about like three to four years you were focused solely yeah. on that business. Gotcha. Yeah, correct. Now, do you have other coaches in that business that kind of still take on new clients? Yeah, so I'm super fortunate. I have a great team of coaches. So I have four um, assistant coaches and a head coach. Um, two of them are registered dietitians, and then the other two come from different backgrounds, one with a psych degree, and the other one is like more into um, the kinesthetic side of things and more of like the, the personal training side. So, yep, they still run a good chunk of the business. We still have about 200 clients. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so... Super cool. cool. So what did you, <clears throat> I read, uh, I think it was on your website that you would hit multiple six figures with that business by like age 20. Is that right? Yeah. So the first year in business, I hit, um, six figures. And then by my second year, I was already a multiple six figure business. So it was really a lot for like a 19, 20 year old. Like it was, uh, it was definitely like a lot different than what, a lot of what my friends were doing back home and stuff. 
I bet. What do you think allowed you to be so successful so early on? Um, that's a really good question. I think I went through a lot in high school and I don't want to say I kind of robbed myself of like my adolescence, but I really did. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. Um, I was very introverted. I stayed to myself. I took like all AP classes. I was like kind of a nerdy student. So I just like really went all in on school and I isolated myself a lot and I started posting on social when I was 17. So like I knew that I was kind of different in the sense that like I would follow a lot of influencers. I'd follow a lot of people out here in California. And I was like, I don't want to stay in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where I was originally from. And I saw this bigger world because I literally had it at the, at my fingertips. Like social media is so incredible in the sense that it allows you to do that. Um, and so I just knew I didn't really want to really take the traditional route. Um, I also just want to credit my brain. I don't know how my brain is the way that it is, but I think it is like, I'm like a very, I say like multi-passionate, but I just like high functioning projects and things like that. And I always have since I was younger. So um, I just knew that I just didn't want to take the traditional route. And when I really saw that I had a purpose, um, you know, it was like taking on my first few clients and the results they got and what they would say to me, I was like, wow, like this is, this is something huge. Like this isn't me just like helping people lose weight or, uh, or even put on muscle or have a healthier relationship with food. This is like girls telling me I'm saving their life. And, um, I think that just drove me to continue to grow with them too. Interesting. So <clears throat> what did it feel like making all that money at a young age? Cause that's like, like you said, that's not what your friends were doing. Like that was different than a lot of your peers. And to be honest with you, it's, um, there's a lot of fitness coaches that, uh, go online and, and they don't even make anywhere near that their first couple of years. Um, yeah. so I'm curious, like how did, how did that make you feel? So this is funny. I had the worst relationship with money you could probably like <laughs> think of for an 18, 19 year old. Um, also quick backstory. I'm a super open book, but like my parents filed bankruptcy when I was 13. So um, we went from having everything, my parents flipped houses, my dad was making really good living, to having nothing. And I think now that you actually, now that I vocalize this, it actually brings up a lot for me. I think that was also something that I was like, I need to create stability for myself because I don't wanna lose everything the way that my parents did. And they just tried and worked so hard and luckily are in a great spot now. But for myself, I knew that that was something that could happen to me too. I was so frugal. It was unreal. Like you would think I was like a broke college student, like so, so frugal, even making that much money. Um, and I had no clue what to do with it back then at all either too, which was kind of like the funny part. And I had no idea who to ask either. So yeah, it was, it was weird for me. I didn't really like glorify it to be honest. It was just kind of like, um, I was less monetarily focused, you know? Absolutely. It's, there's like an irony where like, the more you focus on money, like the less money you probably end up having, but the less you focus on it, the more you end up, you know, uh, having, because if you're doing great work, um, the byproduct is usually making a great income or revenue. Um, and so I saw, I, when I saw that, I thought it was interesting because there is definitely a dynamic at that age. You don't know who to reach out to. You don't know who to ask for advice. Um, it, you know, you hear a lot of stories where it actually swings the other way where it's like they just blow all the money. It's like not, it has nothing to do with being frugal at 18 or 19. Uh, it's the complete opposite. Um, but I'm interested, were you, so since you, you kind of felt like you were extremely frugal back then, um, did that ever hold you back from uh, leveraging that income to grow the business quicker? 
I definitely think so. I was very resistant to mentorship early on. And then I, I spent a lot, my first mentor too. Um, you know, I wanted to like always figure things out by myself, but there were definitely like automations and like small systems here and there that like I wouldn't invest in like a simple, like $15 Calendly link. Like I was like, I'm not going to upgrade to pro. Like that was literally my mindset towards things back when I was like 18, 19. I think I really started to open up when I made my first investment in my business. Um, and in myself, when I realized like, wait, spending money helps you make more money if you do it right. Um, and if so you do that, it right. I like, yeah. Yeah. I like that you added that in there. I've yeah. also not done it right before. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was tough. I was so frugal, um, when I was really young, I never bought myself things outside of the business. And I also didn't really invest in the business either. Gotcha. Yeah. There's a risk there, right? Like, so <clears throat> There is like a healthy amount to invest back in the business. Sometimes you see the opposite where people, it's like they use this excuse of like, oh, I'm reinvesting in the business. It's like, no, the reality is like you have no control over your money, right? Um, So there's definitely like a continuum and and somewhere in the middle is like the happy medium. Um, So obviously when you're that successful that early on, other coaches are going to see that they're going to want to learn from you. So tell us then how you started kind of, um, the coaching, the coaching coaches business. So elevation coaching, uh, Academy. So it was, it was really for me, I think it's almost because I was frugal. I was like, we're so resistant to hiring a mentor that I was like, I need to figure this out by myself. But also if you look back at 2016, 2017, there were not that many coaches like as there are today, there also weren't that many business coaches. So it was really hard to find a business coach who could directly scale a fitness business that had done it themselves the way that I knew I wanted to do it because I wanted to go large scale with a team, but I didn't want to lose the family feel. That was like the most important thing to me. It was like, I still want to have personal touches. So I actually created a lot of the systems that we teach our business coaching clients today. And it was all through trial and error. So I fell on my face a lot when I was, you know, younger. And even still to this day, I I still probably do it honestly on a day-to-day basis. Um, but when I had really started to build up the different processes and systems, I had done a lot of like research. I would spend endless amount of hours on like YouTube. I had, you know, invested in small workshops here and there still couldn't quite find the mentor that I knew I wanted to work with. And I ended up, uh, investing in a mentor when I was in 2019 was my first investment, I believe, um, early 2019. And she straight up was like, girl, you were like one of the only fitness coaches I know making like multiple six figures right now. And you've scaled this up by yourself. Like you need to start teaching other people how to do this. And then people just started asking me. So I took on my first one-to-one business coaching client. Um, she was actually my VA for like super long time after that too. She's like thriving now. She's my assistant coach for business. It's her business partner. Um, and so Um, super cool, but I just, the demand was there. And just like with fitness coaching, when people started to ask, um, I started to just deliver and I started building up course content based off of the questions I kept getting on repeat. Um, and so I started off there. And then when I really started to find my passion, which was building out teams, um, helping coaches find assistant coaches, um, VAs, console specialists, and go really large scale, that was where I like truly found my passion. And that only came about, I would say like late 2020, early 2021 this year, um, where I started to really focus on like my mastermind clients and scaling um, at a larger scale. So yeah, just more demand than anything. So curious, so you have a passion for building out teams. And so I'm wondering, do you own all these businesses on your own or any of them partnerships or how how did some of those work? 
So I'm a hundred percent owner of all, um, okay. for all the businesses that we have across the board. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the coaching Academy, you also, so you, so you have assistant coaches under you, then coaching other coaches, a lot of coaches here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's, that's the cool part about it. We have, um, and I have a COO and he oversees the fitness business with me and my head coach, she really manages a lot of that. And then we do have our three business coaches who also work alongside me. So they help us with, I could not do this by myself. I would, wow. I don't know how I would live, but my team is awesome and they've helped me scale a lot too. Okay. So you have a COO for that company. That's, that's interesting. So when did you make the decision that like you couldn't, I mean, obviously there's a lot of companies we're talking about, right? So it's a lot of demand. Like, when did you finally make the decision? It was like, I need to like bring someone else in. Yeah. So it was, uh, February of 2020 and that's when, you know, restrictions, I would say March was when restrictions really started happening for the pandemic. But in February, my roster was at a hundred clients and I also had business coaching clients. And for context, most coaches, I tell them once you reach 30 clients, stop taking on clients. So I had like over three times the amount, what I would recommend for any CEO to have coach. If you're only a coach, maybe more, but CEO, definitely not. And so I was like, I need to do something about this. So I ended up hiring my first AC back in March. And then I filled her up in literally three weeks and had to hire another assistant coach in the same month. Um, and then once we started doing that, it was kind of just a rinse and repeat process. I had created the system to do so. And then I was eligible to step into the business coaching role. Um, my COO, he came in earlier this year in February and he was just doing all of our sales across the board, but his brain is just like incredible. It's like so, so, so incredible that, um, he just grew with me really, really quickly and got promoted very quickly. I had him COO by June of this year. So now he, did like, he come in as a coach? So he was so crazy. He was working at a personal training gym, like doing sales for them. And he came in okay. as our sales specialist. So gotcha. he was doing all of our business coaching sales and our fitness coaching sales. So yeah, he's super smart guy. He's awesome. Gotcha. That's cool. That's good self-awareness to like understand like, well, you're taking on three times the client load that you would recommend to a CEO coach. Um, <clears throat> I'm interested how the structure works. So when, um, I guess, take me back. So when you have assistant coaches, how does that work? So are they just like 1099 employees or how, do you know how that works? Yeah. Yeah. So I love the, I love the finances and legality side of business, which I know most coaches hate. Um, I'm very more like business minded now than I used to be like coach minded, but, um, I will say just quick side note, cause I know we were talking about investing back in the business. I waited to hire way too long. Like I should have made a hire back in like 2017, 2018. Like I had the finances to do so. I just didn't know how to do it. And I also didn't mm-hmm. want to spend the money. Um, it wasn't until I started investing in the business that I could even grow to seven figures cause I couldn't do it by myself. But, um, backpedaling, what was the question? Sorry. Repeat the question for me. My brain. Um, sorry. You got me distracted when you said you grew it to seven figures. So, um, oh, the, the structure, the structure. yeah, the structure. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'm, so, then after that, I'm going to go back to the seven figure comment. <laughs> yeah. So, 
So for the structure, um, this is like, I would say the bread and butter of what we teach most of our mastermind students. So, mm. um, right now my team, we're going to be switching over to a W2, uh, form next year, just because everyone is full-time for me. Okay. I don't hire unless it's with the intention for them to go full-time because my goal is to create livelihood for them and for them to give full efforts to the team, which means not having, you know, other distractions, other jobs, et cetera. Um, and I really want to help my team build up their vision inside of ours. And I think that's something that's really important for any coaches who might be listening or, um, to just take away because a lot of people make hires for part-time efforts and I, they think that's where things crumble. Um, they've been 10, 1099s the entirety of, you know, uh, the time of me having them, um, I, because I have everyone full-time, everyone's starting to get over that, uh, no longer in your health insurance for your parents anymore. Mm. So we're looking to, uh, support them, you know, a little bit further with benefits and things of that nature. So next year we're switching to a W2. Um, we're an S corp right now. So, um, so yeah, for most people though, they'll stick with independent contractors until they get to that place where everyone's going to be more full-time from my understanding at least. So. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought the common model was 1099. I think it's really interesting that you're doing the W-2 route. Um, I think there's definitely a lot of advantages to that, <clears throat> tying the brand back into your overall brand and kind of um, taking the stress of like part-time work off of them. So they're, like you said, they're not focused on maybe coaching on the side somewhere else. Um, and then just being able to, you know, provide an affordable, you know, a good income with benefits that's got to feel really good as a business owner. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you hit seven figures. Is that all the businesses combined or? So the fitness business hit seven figures, uh, earlier this year. So our business coaching, um, I'll say we're like right on the brink. We're so close to it being a seven figure business, but fitness coaching hit seven, um, cumulatively together. Definitely all like, of course would, would hit with the seven because the fitness business already has. Um, but the goal is to get business coaching up there next year. And then assistables just, we just actually separated the entity last week, which is really exciting because we had it under everything under fierce to fit. Um, so we're separating gotcha. entities. So the goal next year is to just hit a six figure year for that. But who knows? I mean, I always set that goal and then I feel like we, a lot of the time surpass it, which is really nice, but, um, we have a really good team over there with assistable too. So we'll see what happens next year. So tell us more about that. So what was the need there? And then what, so what need is assistable solving? Yeah. So, um, if, if, you know, those listening with the business coaching space and with the fitness space or just online business space in general, um, it used to be a lot of inbounds. So it used to be like people would come to you for your services. Whereas nowadays it's a lot more outbound. People are, uh, needing the push. Sometimes they don't realize the value behind a service until it's presented to them or until a brand is, um, invested into them as much as they want to be invested into the brand. So we started, um, helping a lot of our clients understand and learn how to do outreach. So going out and pulling people in for their business. And a lot of that is going to require another human, because if you're operating as a CEO and a coach, you have a lot of things going on in the business and you can't wear all the hats. DM outreach has to just be like probably one of the most time consuming things as much as like a lot of coaches love it and a lot hate it. I love it personally. Cause it's a lot of connection with people. Um, but you know, we need someone to take the admin tasks off that can sometimes, you know, take our energy away from really important tasks that we are doing for coaching and CEO work. So, um, assistable came around because so many of our clients needed VAs 
and they were bringing in people from their community or just like people they found on the internet that just like did not understand the fitness coaching space. And so we realized there was a need for it. And so we ended up offering a service to just train people that they brought to us. And then we were like, why don't we expand this? Um, we switched from an agency um, kind of structure to an academy structure as of recently. So now rather than like sourcing VAs, we actually have a school for virtual administrative assistants. So whether people want to, you know, CEOs want to invest into their team and train them, they can do that. Um, or we just have open enrollment where people come in and we train them to be virtual administrative assistants for coaches. So, yeah, that's how it came about. Gotcha. So it's more of an education platform and not an actual, like, staffing company. Yeah, we used to be more so, like, staffing. We only staff really for our mastermind students now, so we'll source for our mastermind students. Um, we'll occasionally source for coaches who come in who already meet the prerequisites for the business structure needed to integrate a VA. But um, now it's more so we're turning it into a school um, going into the new year, which is cool. So. Gotcha. Very cool. What um, And that's available to everyone or just your business coaching clients? Yeah, so it's, it's available to everybody, um, which is gotcha. pretty cool. So we're doing that into the new year. Um, like I said, there are just prerequisites that kind of meet the standards needed to have a VA, including like system structure, all that kind of stuff. It's really important to come in with that and good leadership because if you don't have good leadership, no hire is ever going to work out, right? So um, that's something else that we kind of take a look at before we source VAs if we do. So. Where can coaches learn more about that? Is that assistable.com or? Yeah, so we have our, uh, everything that we primarily do is through Instagram. So we, cause we're kind of newer on the newer side, you can either go through our Elevate Coaching Academy Instagram page um, or you can go to Assistable Academy on Instagram. Okay, so, gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like fitness coaches challenge, or uh, what are their like top challenges that they face when they, so if they come to your business coaching business, what is the struggles that they're usually coming with? Yeah, so I'll kind of come from two different um, places here. We'll talk in terms of the newer coach and then the coach who's like looking to scale. Um, I notice with a lot of the times with newer coaches, a lot of the resistance is honestly mindset. A lot of it comes down to um, the self-belief and knowing kind of who they are. I think I've found more so recently, a lot of people get so stuck asking what they need to do, but they don't ask themselves who they need to be. And I think that's probably one of the biggest setbacks for so many new coaches and just coaches in general. Um, there's so many people coaching nowadays that I think a lot of people think they need to fit themselves into this box to be successful and they stop being themselves and people see that in their content and it's really hard to influx leads and it's really hard to know um, who you want to work with or who you want to serve if you don't know who you are yourself. And I think a lot of the times there's a lot of mixed messaging, positioning kind of gets thrown off because of that. Um, and when you think about it, when you know who you are, that seeps into every aspect of your business from setting up systems, mastering your delivery and your offer um, to outsourcing and building a team. So I think that foundational piece is what's missing for a lot of newer coaches. Um, and they always, I think it's one of those things too, you don't know what you don't know. So they don't really know to ask themselves that question either. Um, so having the direction I think helps a lot. And then for our coaches who are more at like our mastermind level, which is like coaches looking to scale past 10, 20, 30 K months, in their business, a lot of the times it's just having no idea how to build out the team or how to delegate. Um, that comes down to systems and standard operating procedures and I think leadership quality, um, which is kind of funny. Like no one, you can't really go to school to like learn how to do this stuff. Like it really does take direct mentorship from someone who has done the thing, you know? Um, and I think that's something that's also really scary too, because it's kind of new. 
it's kind of newer in the space. Um, but yeah, I would say those are the two things I see from, from coaches that are coming into the space and who are scaling. Gotcha. Mindset keeps uh, coming up. It's like a reoccurring theme on this podcast that just keeps getting brought up over and over and over again. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I'm currently reading, have you ever read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck? Um, I'm currently reading that and it talks about like fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Um, but it's just interesting because I feel like every conversation I have keeps coming back to, uh, this mindset topic, which is something I've, I've, uh, explored quite a bit on like the financial planning side. Um, but I hadn't really, uh, been introduced to it on like the fitness coach side. And so I keep kind of, everything keeps kind of going back to that. It's kind of interesting. Um, So do you have two different uh, paths for coaching then? So like someone who's like brand new, they come in at like a different level, get like different services, et cetera, than someone who's coming in trying to scale their business? Yeah. So we have two different programs and it's, it's kind of cool because they're basically like a, it's like a graduating program. So we have our accelerator and that is built to really help coaches get like the foundational piece that they need as well as work through any uh, mindset blocks, limiting beliefs, um, and then just basically give them the blueprint Um, that's a six month program, but they have lifetime access. So until basically they reach the mastermind, which is where when coaches hit, like I would say a seven to 10 K month, we usually shoot them up and they're ready to start outsourcing, making hires. And then that's an extensive program where we do one-to-one coaching for, um, it's a hybrid of group and one-to-one for, um, helping them scale and build out teams, structures. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like two separate, two different paths based off of where they're at. Gotcha. What's the investment for like, uh, someone coming in and like the new coach, uh, path? Yeah, it really depends. Like we have, um, we also have like a passive course. So if you're looking to invest in yourself, I would say if you're really looking to get into a good program, be willing to spend anywhere from 5k to 20k. Um, I've invested in mentorships that are two, three times that as well. Um, at this point. And, uh, I think if you're really looking to get into a solid program, I've seen some passive courses that are like, 997, um, 2000, 2500, go with a program that is like high touch point or has touch points. Because as a new coach, it's not about just getting the systems. Like you can get the systems handed to you and you know, that's, that's great. But like learning how to implement them specifically for like one person's business for themselves, is just such a crucial step in being able to like actually you know, make, make it in the, in the space. And it's the difference between spending a couple extra thousand dollars, but that could be like a 10 X return for somebody who's, um, you know, willing to spend a little bit more. And having someone to hold you accountable is huge. I mean, everything kind of goes back to like a lot of the concepts as a fitness coach, as a financial planner, like a lot of the concepts are actually pretty simple. Um, they're, they're not that hard to, to learn, you know, with weight loss, it's like, you know, caloric deficit with financial planning. If you spend less than you earn, there's money left over to save, etc. But it's really hard to actually do. So it's simple concept, hard to do. So the power of accountability um, definitely comes into play with a business coaching program that's not passive, I would I would yeah. assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's definitely something I think is also just like a really crucial step nowadays too, is just having mentorship. Like there's, because it is, I would say this, it's, it's a, it's not a saturated space, but it's competitive. And there are coaches who are investing in themselves. And so the coaches who are investing in themselves are essentially collapsing time and they're going to be growing quicker. And I think it's just a, such a crucial step for anyone stepping into the space or who is just like looking to level up in the space too. 
So I'm curious in your in your business coaching, um, do you cover finances at all? Because I think it sounds like you learned in retrospect that you should have invested earlier on, you should have hired sooner. Um, and a lot of that really does tie back to the finances. So I'm interested to what extent do you cover that in your business coaching? And just, um, you know, if so, tell yeah. me more about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super, I'm glad you asked this question. So um, in terms of like investing, personal investing, I'm not huge on educating because obviously, as you know, that's not my like, I don't, I'm not credentialed. Um, sure. I'm very fortunate in the sense I have a financial planner who often comes on and does group calls like every quarter, oh, I would nice. say for our, um, for our students, which is cool. We also have a finances and legalities course that my CPA put together for all of our students, which is great because I'm really big on like tax planning with the students. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really big on them understanding like quarterly paying that kind of stuff, understanding like where to save to pay that. Um, I'm really fortunate because my boyfriend is trades crypto and is really good <laughs> on personal financing, which he did a podcast with him. Um, also my parents used to flip properties. So I personally bought two properties when I was a little bit younger and sold them this last year. Um, so I know a lot about my own personal investing, but I will say for coaches, I think it is so like, it's so, it's missing so much in the space is um, just, it's a very lucrative career and we're all really young and we all, mm -hmm. I, think yeah. I, I mean, for me, especially at, it, at first until I was 21, I had no idea what to do. I didn't have a Roth. I didn't have uh, any investment accounts or anything like that. And I think it's a huge piece that's missing in our space. Um, I cover more tax planning, but finances for my students, I'm like, oof, I'd rather bring in an expert. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. That's really cool that you bring in your financial planner, kind of talk to them. Um, it's really cool that your CPA uh, created a course because, I mean, tax planning definitely drives the conversation with self-employed individuals. Um, and, you know, most fitness coaches, that's what they at least start as, the self-employed. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of opportunities to save taxes as a business owner, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> obviously nobody wants to pay taxes, but if you're making money, you have to pay taxes. Like that's the result, but there's ways to reduce yeah. it, right? So it's like, yeah. if you have to pay taxes, that means you're probably doing pretty good, but let's like make sure you pay as little as possible. Um, so it's really cool. Kudos to you for incorporating that into the coaching program. Um, because you're right, there are, I do see a lot of fitness coaches, they're young, so they don't really know where to turn for this advice. They don't know who to go to. Um, they're seeing videos on TikTok, Instagram that could be reckless, could be wrong. Um, they sometimes just like fall victim to the, the sexy investing, you know, uh, the day trading, the crypto, you know. I know Nick's into crypto, but he like actually knows what he's doing. Some people just see like, yeah, some people just see like, oh, this, you know, crypto has gone up a thousand percent. Let me buy it. Well, you might be too late. So, yeah. um, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, those are very dangerous uh, areas of investing to hop into. Yeah. Um, so it's, I, I do like that you're at least incorporating, you know, the tax planning and letting them know like, guys, it's important to pay attention to this. Like mm -hmm. you're making good money, take advantage of it. Like do the right thing now, either invest in your business or whatever. Um, so kudos. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That, I think that's why I did it initially was, um, I had Jose, who's my CPA. He, um, brought in his finances and legalities course to our students in 2020. 
Um, and it was because I talked to him and I was super fortunate to get paired with a really awesome CPA. Like he's super great and he's, he's educated me along the entirety of it. Cause I have so many questions about it because my students ask me, but also like I didn't establish m myself the first year of business and my CPA that I used to have was like, okay, I don't want you getting in trouble. Like, let's just do this. And like, you're going to pay a late fine. And like, it sucked because I, mm. at eight, I was like 19, I think. And I paid a huge, huge fine. And I was like, I never, ever want anybody to go through what I have gone through with my taxes and my finances and my legalities. Um, so I've always been really passionate about that side of it since that happened to me. <laughs> it's like, you kind of just like, again, have to fall on your face sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's a huge piece that I think is just missing in the in the space for sure. Yeah, especially if you start making money sooner than you probably anticipated. Like, sounds like you started making really good money like really quickly. A lot of people they kind of think like, ah, well, you know, I'm not gonna make any money for a little bit, so I'll figure it out when I do. Well, the problem is if you start making money really quickly, you're kind of busy with everything else. <laughs> you forget yeah, to kind of go back and uh, and figure it out. So right. Um, right. that does make sense that that happened. Yeah. <laughs> any other pieces of advice that you would have for uh fitness coaches trying to um just trying to make it today i mean online coaching blew up during the pandemic where do you see um where do you see that space going now that we're i don't want to say we're post pandemic but like things are open again and people are going back to gyms like like what, what's your outlook on the online space um i think we're just getting started um, I think that the online space is, there's so much opportunity, but here's my thoughts on where we're currently shifting. Um, and I just will give some context is like, I was an influencer back in 2017, 2018. I hit 284,000 followers back in 2019. By June of this year, I was down to like almost 250,000 followers. So I lost like 30, like, you know, 30,000 followers pretty much. And I recognize the pivot that's happening in our space and it's entertainment. And that's where we're headed. Um, platforms are competing with each other. Um, video is huge. And um, since I've switched to focusing on reels, focusing on videos, focusing on entertainment, for the first time in two years, this last month, I've actually grown my following, which is like bizarre to me because I'm so detached from it. But at the same time, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like I'm, I'm starting to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's definitely, there's a huge shift in, I think what's happening. And I don't think you have to be an entertainer to be growing right now, but, um, if you're looking at different trends and things of that nature, um, follow your analytics, follow what's happening, focus on content that you feel really good posting. Because if you keep putting yourself into the boxes of what is trending and you don't take the trend and make it your own for what feels good for you, you're gonna keep fitting yourself into a box and being unaligned or misaligned in your business, in your work ethic, in what you're putting out content wise is only gonna to lead to you feeling extremely burnt out. And that is the worst feeling in the world because <laughs> I've been there twice. Um, I would say like two really big burnouts in my last few years. So for coaches out there, just be yourself. Like if there's anything I can say is just truly be yourself, show up every single day with your purpose in mind. And instead of asking what you need to do, just keep asking, who you need to be. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. And, and Instagram is definitely uh, favoring reels, which is really good for people who like getting on video and, yeah. you know, 
definitely if you follow the trends, I think you get a little bit of a bigger pop, but sometimes that's harder. Um, that can be harder. I mean, it's hard for my profession as a financial planner. Like I can't, like can, but I don't really want to get on there and like sing and dance and all that. Right. Um, so like understanding what you're trying to do with your account as well, uh, who you're trying to attract also helps. Like I, you know, I could get attention by doing that, but it's like, it's not really going to bring in people interested in financial planning. Um, and so understanding as like a fitness coach, it's like, you can go on there and get a lot of attention, but like if you're not putting out good content also, like these like people aren't really like gonna follow you or listen to you or, or reach out to actually work with you. Um, so you have to leverage the attention you're getting as well. I think that's good advice. Yeah, I would say like <clears throat> my big thing is like jab, jag, hook. Like I will do like a lifestyle post and then I'll do like for my reels cause I've been posting like 30 days of 30 reels. I'll kind of do something more lifestyle than something like lifestyle fitness that like gen pop can relate to. And then I'm like, boom, I'll just hook them with like a straight up call to action that like digs into like deep pain points of my ideal client. I'm like, okay, of the people I've brought in this week, cause it's more at a mass. I'm like, there are some people in there that are my ideal client and you kind of weed out the people who aren't. Um, and I found recently, like, that's a good kind of strategy that's worked really well for me and my students. So, um, that's a good tidbit for anyone who's in the online fitness coaching space, especially, um, that's something that's been working really well. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, that's a, a Gary V trick. I think he actually wrote a book, right? Uh, Jeff, Jeff mm-hmm. hook. Um, mm-hmm. so no, that's a, that's, that's a good idea. And, uh, you know, if you want to learn more about it, I think Gary V wrote a whole book on it. I'm pretty sure. So. Well, cool. I appreciate you coming on, being really honest about the businesses, you know, the finances and, and some of your, your stories from uh, before you became a fitness coach. So I want to hit you with uh, one last question is if you could go back in time a year ago today, what would surprise you the most and why? Um, I think it would surprise me that I personally for my own journey, I'm going to speak for my own journey. I think it would surprise me knowing that I uh, was leading the team that I was leading. Um, and having so many abundant, just incredible friends and people around me, um, living here in San Diego, I've been so just blessed to have people who constantly pour into my growth. Um, and I would have coming from the background I did as such an introvert and being so, so alone, like growing up and like, even this time last year, I just would have never imagined my life to be like this incredible at the age I'm at. Um, but especially just looking back a year during like the pandemic and where we were, um, just having like this much gratitude for the people who are in my life and the team that I have. Awesome. Let everyone know where they can find you. Cool. Um, yeah, my main Instagram is just fears to fit F E A R S T O F I T. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. You could just look up the same thing. I have both a good mix of like fitness, old fitness, and like now more business coaching content. Um, and yeah, those would be like the two best places probably to find me. Awesome. Ken, I appreciate you coming on and just sharing everything with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Did you enjoy the show? If so, don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a review. And if you are interested in learning more, you can subscribe to the Monthly Assist, a newsletter where I share more information for fitness entrepreneurs and millennials. You can find the link in the show notes, or you can access the link in my Instagram bio at JustinGreenFP. Until next time, keep growing, my friends.